Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Now, what does that mean? As many as are mature think this way. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press. So, folks, the most dangerous people I've ever met in the body of Christ are people who think that they have attained and that compared to others, at least, they're already perfected. And they, they, they're, they're, they're somewhere early in their journey from a spiritual maturation perspective, but they think they've leaped ahead of everybody else and looking back on everybody else thinking, why aren't they mature like me? Why aren't they advanced like me? Why don't they know all the stuff I know? Why aren't they? Those people are dangerous. They really are. They're dangerous. We should always approach our spirituality with a sense of humility, knowing who we are in the word of God, but also knowing that, and this is the apostle Paul, the most prolific of all the apostles. The man wrote two thirds of the new Testament. God used him in a magnificent way, but he said, not that I'm already a, a perfected or that I've already attained. He said, but I'm pressing. So as many as are mature have this mind. Now we want to keep growing. We want to keep maturing. We want to keep moving ahead. But when we get the attitude that I've got it, I'm, yeah, you know, I, I, I am always amazed. Look, we all have our issues, right? I said we're not, none of us is perfect. All of us are on a journey. We all have our issues. We all have things in our lives that still need to be overcome. We ought to be better than we were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, if we've been walking with Christ that long, or if in my case, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I mean, I can look back and know, yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely a much more mature Christian now than I was 30 years ago. There's no question about that. I mean, 30 years ago, I was struggling with things I'm no longer struggling with. I've got other things that I still have to work on, that I still have to, to, to uh, uh, attain toward or seek to perfect or try to lay hold of. But some of the things I used to be trying to lay hold of, I, I, I laid hold of those. So we ought to be growing. We ought to be maturing. But we ought to also always understand that we've not arrived and you never will in this life. So it says, and if any, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even to you. In other words, <laughs> I'll put it in my own way. If you're dumb enough not to accept that first clause, to have this mind, if you're really a Christian, God will reveal it to you. If you're really a Christian, God will reveal it to you. And you say, Bishop, why do you say if? Because I'll tell you something. I've met people who seem like they're Christians, sound like they're Christians, move like they're Christians, and then at some point something uh, affects them, gets in their way, and suddenly, they're not Christians. So, if they're really Christians, God will reveal to them their own condition. I've seen people go through things, claim to be Christians and go through things, and then suddenly, they're not Christians anymore. And they, they, it's not their fault. It's, it's got to be God's fault or somebody's fault, but, but not them. So then they figure, oh, you know what? I'm better off without God. I can do my own thing. So they were never Christians in the first place. Uh, folks, this stuff is really deep. It's really deceptive. Now, uh, people say, well, 
what about once saved, always saved? I'll tell you, over the years, my view on that has shifted because I was raised in the Baptist church. The Baptist church, of course, the, the idea is once saved, always saved. But I've come to this conclusion. For those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, it is virtually impossible for you to lose your salvation because if you really come to know him, you don't want to lose it. You don't want to give it up. You don't want to walk away from it. However, I do believe that theoretically God never takes away our freedom. He never takes away our right to choose. And that even a Christian could determine, could theoretically, could say, you know what? I'm going to renounce my faith in Jesus Christ. I decided I don't want him for whatever reason could. Now, the question I have is, would a true Christian ever do that? It's hard for me to grasp that a true Christian would because I am a Christian. I could never imagine doing that. I don't care what happens. I don't care what tragedy might befall me. I don't care what somebody does to me. I don't care what somebody in the body of Christ. Look, I, I think I've told you all. I've got scars on, on my back from stuff that Christians have done to me. God has healed them, mind you. They're not open. They're not bleeding. They're not, you know, they're not infected. But I got plenty of scars on my back from Christians and what they've done to me. Were they Christians? I don't know. But I know one thing. I, I could never backstab anybody let alone a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, who's my brother or my sister in Christ. I just couldn't do it. So were they pretenders or are they pretenders? Are they people who think they have a relationship with God when they really don't? Because if they really do, they can't backstab a brother in Christ. They can't connive and scheme and, and betray and, and they can't, just can't do all that. I mean, you, if, you, if you're truly a Christian, you can't do that. And if you're doing that, something's wrong. You may not know God at all. I'm serious about that. You may not know God at all because look, I said to somebody not too long ago and I, I don't think they took it to heart, but the whole mess we're in began with betrayal. You realize that, right? I think I said it on the, uh, here on the air not too long ago. This whole mess, when I say whole mess, sin, uh, homosexuality, abortion, COVID, robberies, murders, uh, you know, embezzlements, uh, adultery, fornication, you name it, AIDS, all of it began with betrayal. When Satan betrayed God in heaven, that's how the whole mess got started. The only work of Satan that is greater than betrayal is death and betrayal came before death. Death is the result of betrayal, not the other way around. So when people engage in an act of betrayal that they, they don't know it, but they are cheering Satan on. That's his penultimate work. Death is a result of that work. But that's his chief work. Of course, it's undergirded by lies. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of lies, but he lied in order to betray. He didn't betray in order to lie. He lied in order to betray. 
Betrayal even comes before lying. Once a person has it in his heart, the Bible says iniquity was found in him. Once he had it in his heart to betray God, then lies were necessary to justify that betrayal. Are you all hearing me? Oh my goodness. This, folks, this is profound Christian teaching I'm giving you right now. I mean that. A lot of people don't understand that. Satan revels in betrayal. He loves it because it's how he got, it's, it's what started his career. And immature Christians will often stab their pastors in the back and stab other spiritual leaders in the back and think that they're doing something great. Are they saved? Are they not saved? And the Bible says the Lord knows those that are his. Maybe they're Christians who have just been misled and maybe they're people who just aren't Christians in the first place, which is why they're so susceptible to what Satan wants them to do. And look, and I realize we are all subject to temptation. I know that. The Bible says there's no temptation which has befallen you, but such as is common to man. First uh, Corinthians 10, 13. But God is faithful with the temptation. He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, so temptation befalls us. Okay. But you know, for me, betrayal is not a temptation so much as it is an act of will. Because there was nobody to tempt Satan. Nobody whispered in his ear, you know, why don't you take over from God? He, God got you started, but you've outgrown God. Do your own thing. No. That was all conjured up in his own heart. I will exalt my stars above the throne of God. I will sit on the sides of the north and preside over the congregation. I will be like the most high. It was all ego. It was all his own willful desire to take over. There's nothing wrong in heaven. From Satan's point of view, um, what was wrong in heaven was that he wasn't in control. That was what was wrong. Other than that, everything was beautiful. But the fact that he couldn't rule it, that he couldn't control it, that it wasn't all about him, was enough to make him go his own way. Sound familiar? Yeah, human beings are doing it all the time. Christians should never do it. So if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. If you're truly a Christian, God will show you the error of your ways, and then you better repent. I think I, I've got to go, but I, yeah, I know I'm cutting this way short, but I think I said to you all, I had two people. I've had more than two, but two people I can think of who stabbed me in my back, and I mean it was... It was profound betrayal. It was within the context of the church. It was within the context of uh, one case in the context of one of my ministries, my church, and the other was in the context of some Christian ministry I was doing that was outside of the church, but sort of a parachurch ministry. Um, and, and both just absolutely lied through their teeth, uh, stole from me, not figuratively, literally, stole from me, lied through their teeth, um, just, just turned people against me, lied about me, lied to me. They're both dead. They're both dead. 
One was about my age. He's been dead, I don't know, 15, 20 years. The others, significantly younger than me, by about 10, 15 years, he died several years ago. They're both dead. I didn't pray anything like that. I forgave them both. But, but I just think that that sin is just particularly toxic and pernicious and people need to see it for what it is. It is a work of Satan and repent of it before it's too late. I'm serious, folks. And here again, I'm not holding anything against anybody. I don't want you to get that impression. I'm not. There's not a, a, a hateful or vengeful bone in my body against anybody. God forbids it. God commands us to forgive, and I do forgive. With all my heart, I forgive. I'm not holding anything against anybody. I love even the people who've hurt me. I'm warning about this because people who have gotten caught up in doing this need to understand the dangerous road they're on. It is a dangerous road because you are definitely in Satan's territory and you know what his agenda is for you to steal, to kill and to destroy. Satan's never going to bless you. He's never going to help you. He's never going to advance you. His motive is to kill you. And in those two cases, I, I'm, I'm not saying God killed these guys. I'm not, not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I think they kill themselves. They put their lives in the hands of Satan and he killed them. He worked it around so, you know, they're gone. I don't know whether they're in heaven or not. If they're in heaven, praise God, I'll see them again. If, if they're not, nothing I can do about it either way. I'm saying this to, to help you realize if you're mature, God will reveal to you that this is the mind you ought to have. I haven't attained. I'm not perfect. I'm pressing. And that's all. That's all. I know I'm further ahead spiritually than some of you. I'm further. I'm behind spiritually from some of the people I've met and really look up to and admire. So we're all on a journey. But, you know, the Bible says we ought not think more of ourselves than we should. That's when we get into thinking we're entitled and we're willing to hurt other people to get what we want because that ought to be ours and all that kind of stuff. But we get caught up in trying to get money or trying to get position or trying to get promotion or trying to get power. 15th verse, I'm going to stop with this. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So in other words, if you have attained at least this, that I'm not perfected, that I haven't attained, if you're mature enough to see that, okay, says, then walk by that rule. Conduct yourself like that. Have that mind in you. You know, I, I am blessed to get compliments everywhere I go uh, for speaking and all of that. And God gave me a gift of communication. But I'll tell you something, folks, and I, I say this sincerely from my heart. I don't let that stuff go to my head. You know why? Because I know it's something God gave me. And if I were to get all caught up with me, it could be gone like that. Now, the gifts and calling of God are without revocation, but you can't sow pride and haughtiness and all of that and then think, 
that somehow God's going to exalt you. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You don't, you don't exalt yourself. You know, the Bible says, if you find your life, meaning if you, you, you covet and grab and I, I'm, look at me and I'm, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you humble yourself under his mighty hand. Lord, it's you. I know it's you. I know it's you working through me. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful, so humbled to be used by you. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. I know it's your grace. But thank you so much for using me. And help me, Lord, to always remember I can't do it without you. Now, God can, God can exalt you. God can, can raise you up. But sadly, a lot of Christians or people who claim to be Christians have not reached that level of maturity and they're busy exalting themselves. And pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Okay, I've gone even past where I intended to go and I, did, I really had to do this because you all forgive me for, for messing up the, the beginning of the program and, and you not. When I heard my wife's footsteps coming into the studio, I knew, uh-oh, I've done something wrong because otherwise she wouldn't, even, she wouldn't have interrupted me. Uh, so I said, uh-oh, and I looked, oh, the microphone is off. <laughs> not only is the microphone off, I don't even have the microphone on. <laughs> I mean, in other words, I'm not even wearing the microphone on my person because I knew I was strapped for time. I rushed in here to get all this stuff done. So this, this is real live. <laughs> Talk about reality TV, folks. <laughs> this is reality TV, forgetting microphones, forgetting to turn things on and all of that. So, uh, but, but thank you all for being patient with me and, and thank you for supporting and praying for me. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. I love you and uh, pray for me. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's